Welcome to the Jeep and Bubba podcast. How's it going out there, Jeep world? Hope you have been having a fantastic summer. I just been thinking about something that's been bugging me recently. Actually, almost as long as I've been in jeeping, which would be a little over seven years, almost eight years. Uh, not my total off roading, but been in jeeps. Yeah, seven years. Yeah, at least I know seven years when I bought my first Jeep. So, um, the one of the first things I heard when I bought a Jeep was, don't go off-roading by yourself. And you'll see something else, another catchphrase on the internet, another little catchphrase on the uh, uh, social media or wherever you're at, uh, in your uh, Jeep club, group, or whatever. They'll say, never wheel alone. And typically the person saying this hasn't ever been wheeling before. Um, typically they only go on big group events or they only go off-roading um, when there's like an obstacle course at a show or something. Uh, they harbor this gigantic fear that if they go off-road alone, everything on their vehicle will fall apart. They will break their ankle. Uh, they'll be eaten by wolves and no one will discover them for weeks. Um, it's true. It has to be true. Because they have such a fear that they've warned all of us other people out there that never wheel alone. That's the cardinal rule. The first time you see a guy um, break down off-road uh, and he doesn't have the tools or he doesn't have the way to get home and he's asking a Jeep, uh, that Jeep group like, Hey, um, anyone in this area, I need an ERT, anyone can help me out. Someone, a me, go, never wheel alone. If you, were, if you were wheeling with someone else, this wouldn't have happened. No, it would have happened. Um, and they might not have been able to get you out either. Or, the, you know, there might be two people with them. They just jumped to conclusions. This is... I, I want to I share two things with you. One, it's okay to go wheeling alone. And two, I went wheeling alone one time and had sort of a mini disaster. So I thought I would tell that story and then give you what I learned and then give you a few tips if you'd like to go wheeling alone. Okay, so I used to work in a job where I got one day off a week basically and um, there was week came along that I had two days off and one of the days was during the week like a Tuesday or Wednesday so a lot of my friends I messaged them I was like hey I'm going off-roading on this date. Do you want to come? Yep, yep, yep. I want to come. I'll make time. We can go in the afternoon. We can go in the morning. We can go whenever. I was like, okay, cool. It happened to be... Actually, you know what? I know for a fact it was a Friday. I never got Fridays off. So I messaged um, you know, tons of people. Had about three or four committed people committed. And uh, last minute, all of them but one friend said they could go. Now that one friend didn't have a Jeep. And then last minute, he canceled. So it left me by myself. And... I had been working on uh, this two-door Cherokee, and uh, I posted a picture of it on Instagram this week because I was thinking of this story and thinking of that Jeep, and I think it's one of the few pictures I have of it, so I posted it up, and uh, uh, what happened was I went up to North Georgia, and I went up a trail that it was the first time I'd ever been to this trail, and uh, it's Trey Mountain Road, and some people just laugh because they know the trail, but to give you context... Um, I had this was my second Jeep I'd ever owned. The first Jeep I'd ever owned was four wheel drive. Uh, I just put 32 inch tires on it, 
um, from 30s, and I thought those were big tires. I had a winch, so I thought, you know, I'm in pretty good shape. Now, I'm pretty rookie to Jeeps, but I had driven a good bit of trails in a Dodge Ram prior to that. Um, but this was like my first sort of supposed to be all capable Jeep Cherokee. So I had a lot of confidence in it. Um, and so what I did was I told my wife, I said, uh, and we'd only been married at this time for maybe like a year. Uh, I said, but she knew who I was. We dated a long time. So I said, I'm going up to Trey Mountain. Here's the location. I'll be off the trail by five. If not, wait till eight before you panic. Um, just in case I don't have cell service. And then, you know, this is where I'm at. So it's a good solid plan. Most hikers or uh, people who mountain bike have plans like that. And it usually works out good. So uh, if, if they need to find you. So I drive up to Trey. I talk to another buddy right before I go there. I said, hey man, I'm sorry you can't come. I'm headed up. I got me, my dog. I actually brought a backpack with, listen to how smart I was to think this out. I brought a backpack with a day and a half of food, maybe two days worth of food, basically just snacks, jerky, granola, extra water, and I figured, you know, the dog might want some of the water, I might get hungry on the trail, but we ate before we went out there, so I had uh, pretty good provisions, um, I didn't have like a sleeping bag or anything like that, um, I did keep, I do, on that particular Jeep, I kept an axe, gas, uh, water jug, uh, and a high lift jack. Uh, and, and that one had a winch, like I say. So, beginning of the day, I went down, um, I went up the easy side of Trey. If you're not familiar with the, uh, the, the trail, basically, Trey Mountain, there's a road called Trey Mountain Road. You come up Trey Mountain Road, it's just gravel, and you get to the top, and you can keep going on Trey Mountain Road, and it'll take you towards Hiawassee, or you can take a ride on Chimney Mountain Road, which is currently closed. Um, right now, it's, uh... Uh, September right now of 2019 and it's currently closed if you're thinking about running this trail um, but Chimney Mountain's kind of the harder side of the of the trail uh, I had a trail map but I didn't read it that well and so on the way of Trey there's a couple offshoots now I didn't know that much about treading lightly at the time I'm telling you I <laughs> was very rookie at the time so there was a little offshoot where there was a campground and I went down to it and I'm coming back up it was actually pretty slick. I had to use my winch to get out. I thought, wow, I had a tree saver, I had a winch, I got out, no problems. Everything's fine. I'm gonna keep going up this trail. And this is about lunchtime. And so I head up the trail, head up the trail, head up the trail, head up the trail. And uh, no issues, because it's mostly gravel. I mean, you, you'll see uh, CRVs up there and Subarus and stuff like that. So it's not a hard trail. So uh, right before you get to the top, there's an offshoot that you shouldn't drive on his private property and it's been blocked at this point but uh, I didn't know what I thought it was part of like the whole system and I know better now and that's why I'm warning you but I drove down to it and there was this deep 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 mud hole rut and I drove right into it and I didn't realize it was as deep as it was I re immediately recognized it's like way up it's up to the door seals um, it's too deep I'm gonna get stuck so I start to back up I am stuck so knowing what I know now um, the best move I could have made was actually try to keep going backwards and uh, uh, would have been nice to have someone with me to winch me out or pull me out um, but the best move I probably could have made at that point was to get the high lift jack off and to use it 
uh, like a ratchet and ratchet myself using a tree uh, saver and a uh, recovery strap I had with me and pull myself backwards out of the mud hole but I didn't um, I decided uh, well one of the problems was the high lift jack was on a bumper on the rear bumper and mounted on the rear bumper and the bumper was under mud so I didn't want to deal with it which I should have and so I said, I'll just hook the wind chip again and pull myself through. So I start pulling myself, pulling myself, pulling myself. And I'm about halfway through and things are working good. I'm spinning the tires, getting the thing moving. But I'm really sunk in some mud at this point. It's getting up to the windows. I mean, you just you had to have your windshield wipers on to even see out. And um, all of a sudden, uh, I didn't know that much about winching. So I wasn't doing like here on, here off. I was just going wide open winch. And I burnt up um, my winch. It was a Smittybilt XRC uh, 9500 waterproof. And this is like back in 2014, 13, 14, 15. I think they've improved a little bit since then. I don't know. Haven't haven't run one. Um, but uh, it burned up and started clicking. And I'm in the middle of the mud hole, and there's no getting out at this point. Um, Jeep is just sunk. Uh, worst part about it is I had to use a strap as an extension and the strap has got tons of tension on it and I can't release the winch. Finally I just had to cut my brand new strap that I had bought, um, wrap the winch up around the front bumper and I just started picking out a camp spot. It was probably at this point, because I've been working a little bit, 3.34 o'clock. I knew that I needed to collect some firewood. It gets cold on Trey. Trey has actually got one of the highest elevations in the state of Georgia. Uh, I think it gets up to 3,800 feet, maybe 4,000. So pretty tall. And um, so I knew it was going to get kind of chilly. It was fall. And um, so I was like, I'll just get some campfire wood. And from where I was at, I could have hiked down to, there's some houses there, but I didn't want to bother those people. And um, they're big houses and they're gated and they don't seem welcoming. And I could have hiked down to the main road, um, but even then I wouldn't be anywhere close to civilization. It's basically between Helen, Georgia and Cleveland, Georgia and Hiawassee, kind of all in the middle. I uh, might have been able to flag a car down, but it's just not like, it's kind of way out in the country, not a place you might would do that. And you wouldn't have service, I didn't have service on that particular phone carrier till I got back into Cleveland, which was 15 miles or so, 10, 15 miles. So uh, I was just like, I'll just hang here, I'm right beside the trail somebody will come by or my wife will drive up here or my dad or somebody and find me so i waited four hours before the first truck now if you've been on trade it's actually kind of busy during certain seasons but friday um during the fall i guess everyone's at football games or whatever nobody so a guy comes by about four o'clock and drives right past me because it was kind of like a dip down and I happened to have my 9mm on me, so I fired it. <laughs> and uh, there was actually um, some heavy woods, and there was actually a target on a tree already. So I aimed at target, fired the gun three times. Boom, boom, boom. Kind of like an emergency SOS. He actually stops, not afraid, stops, backs up, goes, Hey, did you signal us? Yeah. So he's in a big Chevy truck, lifted, lifted up pretty high, 35s. Uh, local guy, they'd never rode the trail before, they thought... 
it was pretty cool. I said, can you please come down here and pull me out? And sure enough, they did. So we were able to, they had a strap and we were able to get it pulled out. And this time it's eight o'clock, uh, sun's going down or if maybe it was already down, kind of dusky. I know we could see, but it was pretty dark. And we get out on the trail and uh, made another mistake at this point. So we hang a left and he said, do you want to run chimney side of this? But I didn't know chimney was difficult at the time. And I was like, um, is it the fastest way down? And he's like, well, I'm looking at my map. It's the shortest way down. Then it pops into Helen. I'm like, well, that sounds good. But the way I came is pretty easy, but I, it might have been kind of long. And I drove really, really, really slow up that day, and I was checking everything out. So I thought it was kind of a long drive. Knowing the trail that I, now, it was the, the fastest way would have been going back down Trey Mountain. Um, could have done it pretty quickly. And now when I do ride that trail, I drive it pretty quickly but um didn't know that so we started heading down chimney in the dark had pretty good lights on the jeep had some uh truck light headlights and then i had some casey highlights that were 100 watt hids that were on the roof and uh they ran great so we had those and got stuck twice the thing had a detroit locker in the rear but you know get a tire up in there it doesn't really work so the guy had tapped me a few times long story short i got off the trail at midnight Okay, get off the trail at midnight, and I get into town. I finally get to Cleveland. I call my wife. She's like, "Oh, thank God, you're okay." She had called the hospitals. She had called the police station. She'd called everywhere. They didn't have me there, and uh, she's at my parents' house, and they're afraid. My mom's afraid, and long story short, everyone's afraid, and they're like, "Never ever wheel alone again." Um, well, I wheeled Trey by myself just about a year ago, uh, no issues. Uh, and I've wheeled by myself quite a few times. I've actually gotten stuck on Trey in a two-wheel drive Ranger since then. Um, just going sightseeing and got in a loose area and, you know, everything worked out. But one of, a couple mistakes that I made was I didn't give my wife an exact GPS coordinate. So she wasn't sure where exactly I would be and where I'd be traveling and what road I'd be traveling. Now, she knows the trail now. She didn't at the time. So my dad had a four-wheel drive truck. They were gonna head up there, but it's in the dark. They don't know exactly where I'll be. They could pass me. You know, they you know to stay put. I didn't stay put. And not only that, I knew if I went back the way I came, I wouldn't get stuck. I could have possibly gotten stuck on chimney and they would have never been able to get my dad's truck there. I made a total mess of the situation. And honestly, um, everything worked out fine. I actually had a fun night after apologizing to my mom and dad and my sister and my wife. They all understood. No one got hurt. I added those people on Facebook that pulled me out. And I went back and took my wife. And we went off-roading on Chimney another time and had a great time. Now, putting my family through that stress was definitely not worth the experience. If you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> I've gotten better at an off-roader and I've gotten better at communicating since that point. So I was probably like 24 at the time. I'm 30 now. So a little bit more mature. My point still is, after that experience, and I did learn from it, I would still recommend you go wheeling alone. But you need to have a plan, a better plan than what I had. Now, the good thing was I had water, um, and I was going to make it through the night, and it wasn't a huge risk where I was at. Now, some people go off-roading, you know, places like Moab or in Colorado where, you know, conditions at night can be really bad. I could have slept in the Jeep, um, but it, 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 you know, it was taken on mud and taken on water. It was pretty bad. 
Um, and my dog wasn't too happy about the whole situation. What I would say now, and some people would say, there's no reason why you should ever wheel alone. Uh, just watch on YouTube, uh, Venture Four Wheel Drive and Chris Ponce. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. The guy's gone all over the country and he sets a fine example of wheeling, treading lightly and knowing your limits. See, that day, I didn't know my limits. I didn't tread lightly. I didn't know the trail very well. I wasn't very well educated. I didn't have a guy at GPS. I didn't have uh, a way to signal my wife that I was in danger. I didn't have a good thought out plan. I just wanted to go off roading on my day off. And it ended up kind of putting a bad image in my mom's mind and my wife's mind whenever I said I was going to go off roading in the future. And that was my fault. But the reason I do suggest that you go off roading by yourself, and even if you had that same situation, you learn and you grow. And when you're by yourself out in the woods, it's a fantastic experience. There's plenty of people who drive across the country as truck drivers. There's plenty of people who hike, mountain bike, um, do the Appalachian Trail or uh, the Pacific Coast Trail or whatever uh, by themselves and have no problems. I hunt by myself in the fall all over this 800 acre property and I've had no issues and there's all kind of uh, hogs and things like that can, that can cause me harm. And I'm holding a gun that can cause me harm. But I've come up with a plan to make it safe and to make it work. So what you can really, really, really do to make it safe and make it work. Um, and you may not feel comfortable with this right now, but I'm just telling you, if say for instance, you have a day off or you have a weekend and there's some place you'd like to go um, and you don't have anyone in particular to go with you, but you have a capable Jeep and you have pretty good knowledge of how to use it, do the best research you can on the trail. Uh, ask around on Facebook groups, um, ask your local Jeep club, uh, YouTube videos. Search YouTube videos of that trail. There's probably a video of someone wheeling it and gives you an idea if, if you're rig or you're capable of riding that trail. And then the next thing is communicate to someone your GPS coordinates when you plan on getting on the trail, when you plan on getting off, and a time to come looking for you. Um, I did give my wife a time, but I didn't give her a good location other than telling her the name of where I was going. So it might have taken them a while to even find the entrance. It's a hard to find entrance to get to the trailhead. So that would have been a huge thing. Another thing is you can buy a little uh, Garmin uh, GPS and uh, you can send out like an emergency, like I need help SOS, or you can send a message to your wife, I'm okay. Um, I don't know the exact name of those things, but if, if you just look on Google, Garmin, uh, uh, personal GPS for hiking or, you know, off-roading, whatever, you'll see what I'm talking about. And actually, you can now start sending SMS messages um, to people to say, like, pre-recorded messages, like, I'm okay, or going to bed, or uh, call the police, I'm in trouble, you know, that kind of thing. And it'll actually be a GPS location, so your loved ones know you're okay and know where you're at so it's a fantastic thing to have and to use but for me if I were going tomorrow I'm not I'm going to work off-roading somewhere I would give my wife the GPS coordinates I would make sure I have water food I would make sure I had all the things I need to get me unstuck which I have a few more tricks and and, and I know a few more things to get me out at this point 
Uh, I have a first aid kit. I know that's what a lot of people are thinking. Like, what if you have a snake bite or what if you break your ankle? You know, having a GPS that you can send for help, uh, having a flare, having a gun even to fire off to try to grab someone's attention, anything that you, if you can take the precautions ahead of time is what I'm saying, go ahead and do that. Have a plan. Put it on your Facebook. Send it to a couple people in your Facebook message. If you don't have anybody out there you can tell that you're going somewhere and give them GPS coordinates, uh, message me on Facebook, Bradley Powell Coron or Jeep and Bubba. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll look on there, and if you're not back and communicating with me at a certain time, I'll call the police and let them know. I'm not kidding. I'm just saying you shouldn't. we shouldn't be so fearful. You think about the people who cross this whole country as pioneers. I just watched a documentary the other day. A 14-year-old girl sailing around the ocean by herself, solo. Um, and we're afraid to take highly capable vehicles on gravel roads and dirt roads. I mean, now, mind you, I wouldn't go pick out a big rock garden or go out in the middle of Moab and attempt some of these things. If it flips uh, and you're severely injured, you might not be able to reach that GPS. I'm talking about overlanding. I'm talking about things that are moderate what I'm talking about knowing your limitations and knowing that you might need a spotter or another vehicle or it's just dangerous and you can really get hurt or get stuck that's one thing I didn't know that day that I wish I knew and I know now I know my limits now and it kind of took that day for me to know that and that's experience and that's something you get as you go off-roading and as you get older obviously but uh, I just wanted to share that experience and I just wanted to encourage you not to be afraid to go off-roading by yourself and that maybe we should just scrap that whole never will alone, but maybe we should always say, go willing prepared, have a plan, be smart, <laughs> um, you know, do the right thing. We all know kind of what the right thing is, I would hope, before we go off-road. I knew that day that if something happened, I didn't have a proper plan in place, but I kind of rushed into it. My dad told me my whole life, never force anything. And he's right. I forced it, and something bad happened. Now, it turned out okay, but it could have been worse. I could have stayed there all night. My family could have worried all night. They might have had to call police. Then they got to extend emergency services just to find me in a mud hole on the side of some mountain. But... Long story short, go wheeling by yourself if you feel like it. If you don't feel comfortable with it, fine. But if you feel comfortable with it, you want to overland the whole country by yourself, feel free. Just have a good plan. Communicate with people. Be smart. Trust your instincts. But maybe not follow your heart. Maybe say, are you sure, heart? Listen to your mind. Think of what's smart. I highly suggest watching Venture 4-Wheel Drive. Oh, we also, I mean, there's a lot of he's not the only one but there's a lot of people that do overlanding that it's either just like a wife and a husband or a boyfriend and girlfriend whatever that go all the way across this country and uh very rarely do i ever see them get stuck and they usually have plans in place when it does happen and that's smart that's what i'm talking about people be smart your trip will be so much better especially if you have a first aid kit a little bit of food a little bit of water maybe some tools a jack a spare uh, you know you have something if I break this what do I do uh, you know having a sat phone or have it's knowing if you're gonna have service when you get there if you have service you're golden you know just call AAA and tell them to head on up the mountain <laughs> all right well guys I appreciate you listening to this um, it was just kind of what makes me mad is when I I see people telling other people like this is what you need to do or you're dumb for 
going off-roading by yourself. I don't feel like that's the case. Like I feel like if you own a Jeep, there's some sort of adventure in your heart, and you're just chasing that adventure, and sometimes it's really hard to suppress. So take a step, take a couple deep breaths, put a plan in place, and go out and enjoy yourself. That's what I hope. I hope you're enjoying your Jeep, your off-road vehicle, you have an adventure in your future, and I hope that you have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for listening to the Jeep and Bubba podcast.